Welcome to today's episode of Whiskey Made Woman with me, your host, Bunny Loveshock. We are back for another collection of love and life stories, shared bonds with land and folklore, and of course, whiskey, a wee dram of whiskey. So if you are somewhere where it is already cocktail hour and you want to pull up a wee dram and toast yourself, toast yourself, go ahead, toast yourself, celebrate yourself a wee bit as you can settle in and listen to today's episode. So as I shared in the first episode, which is very, very exciting, that was out just a couple of days ago, it's my great joy to be sort of dripping a honey-rich love tea towards you this week and the coming weeks as well. Our episodes are going to be lots and lots of different things from me chatting and sharing experiences of my childhood, which by the way, feedback from the first episode was greatly loved, greatly loved. So more stories from childhood, more stories of love and more, no more editing more, no more editing. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I certainly notice this profound desire at certain points in my life to really self-edit, you know, to self-edit myself, what I'm sounding like, how I'm talking, what my identity is, and I'm just not available for it anymore. I'm just not here for it. You know, as a Scot and a Celt, often we have had experiences of our culture trying to be disappeared. You know, we have a long, long history, which I won't go into the whole thing of that today, but, you know, we have a long history of our identity being questioned, being um yeah, well, sort of tortured out of us, if you will. Our language is being destroyed from old Pict and old Celtic and also sort of neo-pagan and indeed languages further afield via Icelandic influence and also Nordic influence having been taken out of our tongues. You know, even our old Gaelic, our Scottish Gaelic, in up until the 1970s, there was corporal punishment within schools. If you were found to be speaking Gaelic, I myself as a child was absolutely desperate to learn and keep my mother tongue of Scots Gaelic and Old Gaelic alive, but because of the, my uh, parents and you know my mum and then my my grandparents and their generations, they had experienced you know harm in speaking the old ways. So they didn't want that for me. They didn't want that for my generation, which I you know which is very very loving on the one hand, and really frustrating you know on the on the next because I was I was and remain so interested in in our languages in our identity through our words you know also in our clothing and our adornment our tartans our identifiers and as I was sharing a wee bit as well our our sword play you know I've had a great joy um this year in particular of experimenting with all the things that my child wanted to do via the hands of becoming a musketeer, for example, and uh, learning about swords such as the rapier and the dagger or broadsword or swashbuckling styles. You know, the fact that we can do any of these things is absolutely amazing and, and wonderful. And how do we get to a place if our identity has been interrupted through a variety of things you know, that happen in the world and that are happening in the world? How do we get to a place where we sort of maintain our identity? How do we become a relaxed, calm, fully expressed 
version of ourselves. And I hope you're hearing and feeling and sensing the, the deepness that's coming into my voice there, which I will say, by the way, is courtesy of the podcast launch party last night. Yes, please and thank you. It wasn't a wild one, folks. It was not a wild one, but it was a one that had uh, a lot of conversation a lot of beautiful friends and hearts gathered and I'm so, so grateful to have been able to bring people to my and my, my husband's home in Scotland, in the heart of Scotland and to, to share in the great celebration that is launching something that has meaning for you. And in part, that's how we maintain our identity, right? In part, that's how we suss out who we are, how we come to ourselves, who were we as children, you know, what mattered to us then, it's very likely to matter to us now as well. You know, I I was a force as a child. And, um, you know, it's interesting, I was interviewed actually the other day for a podcast that will be coming out soon. And, and the wonderful woman that was interviewing me was asking, you know, how do you yourself, you know, remain calm? And I said, well, it's a myth that I remain calm. <laughs> you should see me in my angry gnome moments. I'm like that. I'm like either, I'm like Danny DeVito's character in Her, you know, in Hercules, the, the, you know, the kind of the, the wee phone or, um, or the angry gnome in Inside Out, you know, these sorts of things. I'm very comfortable with my anger, very comfortable with my rage, very comfortable with my joy and my love and my passion. And this is in part what it is to be in our identity as a fully expressed person. I'm not trying to be perfect. Good Lord, I don't want to be perfect. I want to be whole. I want to be fully expressed. I want to be able to allow myself to experience the sensations that are moving and traversing through my body in the moment that they're in. You know, I want to be present, alive, aware of the relationship that I am in with myself and the environment that's around me and the people that are around me as well. And so when we can pay attention to our sensation, and this is part of what I do, you know, as a, as a somatic coach, it's also part of what came through my being a contemporary dancer and choreographer. It's part of what came through my life when I was a, when I was a luxury producer, you know, producing for brands all over the world for people like Lamborghini and Graf Diamonds and, you know, very expensive watch brands expensive depending upon where you are. Spendy is a word a friend of mine uses. I used to also, you know, produce events for opening hotels. And back in the day, you know, I was a producer also for, for the Olympics in London 2012. And those spaces are really important when it comes to our identity, not because of, say, the, um, the career path that, that that was, but actually it's about the creativity. You know, I've always been a person that has had a beautiful, alive relationship with their creativity and imagination. For me, what I often have noticed in myself and in my clients is that actually when our resources diminished and we're not able to come into a place of co-regulation, you know, when we're feeling dysregulated, when we're feeling a wee bit off, when we're, we're addicted to uh, experiences of high intensity, or indeed we can be addicted also to low intensity, which feels a wee bit like having, in my expression of that, very low blood pressure. This can also sometimes be known as the freeze response in the body where even if we're uncomfortable, you know, even if our bones ache, even if our heart aches, we just can't get off the sofa. And, you know, the world feels heavy. 
and as if the world is pressing upon us as opposed to this wonderful experience of feeling like our wings are unfurled at the back of us and that we are we're in this place of love and abundance. I must tell you actually a wee story about wings. When I was a kid, <laughs> cast cast you back. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was about you know two, three, four, I was so furious that I couldn't. And I'm I'm doing this funny little motion where I'm sort of trying to send my shoulder blades back whilst while sort of curving my shoulder, uh, my my clavicles, my collarbones in front of me. I I still feel like I could just pop my wings out of my back. And I used to be so convinced of this that I would throw myself down my stairs frequently in my grandparents' house and then end up with some form of dislocation of, you know, the kind of the left shoulder blade or the, you know, it was always the left hand side or the left or the left elbow, um, you know, and there would be a crash and a tumble as I would get to the bottom of the stairs, f- fairly unharmed by all, you know, by all accounts. But actually, I was so sure that my wings were right there. I was so sure that my wings were right there. And so, you know, what I would offer to you as well is see if you've got a kid that's really full of themselves, that also still knows how close they are to God. That also a bit like that wee toddler version of me that I was sharing about in the previous episode is holding the face of people that they that they love, looking for the God within, you know, looking for the love within. Let them express that love. You know, just check in with them. If if people had said to me when I was a kid, hey, what's, have you got a plan for getting down those stairs? And, you know, I might have responded, yeah, well, obviously I'm just going to jump and my wings are going to appear. Thank you so much. And then if somebody had said to me, that sounds brilliant. What about if we put some cushions or some things down here? How would that feel? Yeah, actually, that might feel OK. That might feel OK. Or should we do that together? Should we set that up? Because I think love would want you to have a soft landing. You know, and nobody's saying to me, don't do that. Nobody's saying that's dangerous. Nobody's saying get out of your own way. You know, they're allowing us. We're allowing ourselves, our inner children, our outer children to be a full expression of they are. We're allowing ourselves to understand that having a plan, knowing where we are, being aware of our surroundings, trusting our body and our inner voice and our knowing is really important. And when we can instill that in our children, we can also instill that in ourselves and in our in our children. And that is a huge contributor towards being a fully expressed person. You know, we hear so much in the personal and professional development world about oh my goodness, you know, we have to let go of everything and we have to change everything and we have to up-level everything. But actually, see, just being able again to be aware of how you feel in your heart, bringing a hand to the heart, saying a wee hello, being aware of that sensation, that really, really wonderful sensation of still having wings at the back of the, the heart space and being like, oh yeah, they're there too. I don't know that I would want to throw myself down the stairs these days, but certainly I've hurled myself out of planes and things like that in the name of fun and adrenaline seeking, you know, attached to a parachute and or, you know, another person. I've also hurled myself down ski slopes and, uh, you know, been on scrambling bikes and done all sorts of things again in the name, I think, of actually looking for that downhill uh, ecstatic flying sensation. It's something that's never left me. One of my happiest places is being in a plane. I feel as soon as I get into the sky, that crossing through the cr- the cloud lining, 
that there is this oh this freedom and this connection again to imagination space I am probably at my most regulated and comfortable in the air and in fact I've taken lots of flying lessons and it's one of the things that I'm really 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 looking forward to is having my pilot's license I have a multitude of different licenses, you know, speedboat license, you know, kind of skipper of boats, you know, able to captain a variety of different vessels, you know, sword play, you know, I'm also a dab hand with a bow and arrow, a great archer, and I'm pretty good at clay pigeon shooting. (laughs) All these things have something very interesting in common. They all actually have focus. They all have focus and they all have an intent interest on what it is to focus. And they all actually have something to do with love attached to them as well. Because let me tell you, when you hold things that are considered weapons, it is so confronting in the first instance to understand that part of you that may have capacity under a particular set of circumstances to do harm to another person and when you know that about yourself it's humbling it's really humbling when I was in seminary when I was studying for three years to become an ordained interfaith minister we had to meet those parts of ourselves you know and that's how we also become a fully expressed part of ourselves we come into what you know Jung would call the shadow the shadow self but our gold lives in the shadow our gold lives in the compost bin of us it's Our gold is all the wee parts of ourselves that we think that we don't like. But when we can learn how to love them, when we can learn how to be with them, we don't really need anybody's external approval. We can just follow what tickles our tummy. We can follow what we want to engage with. Because when we heal the war in ourselves, there's nothing to war outside of us. We can become fully expressed and we can feel safe and secure and relaxed and calm in doing that. I can be the adult now, you know, that absolutely knows my wings are there, whether whether I or you can see them or not. We are that wonderful fae-like expression of ourselves. And, you know, many a person has described a fae, whether whether it's from, you know, the the Arabic genie or whether it's through the um whether it's through the people of, of you know New Zealand and their folklore, or indeed whether it's through Scottish folklore, our sylphs and our selkies and our fairies. Fairies have always been known as the deities that walk between the worlds. They are they are the bridge between, you know, the human and the angel. And for me, that is a place that I think is so, so magical. I mean, that's where I like to walk. I like to walk between the human and the angel. And I also recognise that there are the demon, you know, or the daemon, as it might have been called. There is the shadow self. There is the dark self. There is the part of us that is absolutely capable of harm. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes accidental, sometimes unconscious sometimes on purpose there can be an unkindness to humans you know that is just you know when we're so tired and overstretched and overwhelmed we move out of love and we forget but you know part of the joy of us being here in this podcast together part of us exploring what it is to be a whiskey made woman is to understand that we require all of the elements to be our elemental selves that we require our fire as much as the air our earth as much as the water and indeed spirit, spirit perhaps of whiskey, but spirit perhaps of just the unseen and the magic. 
even in the distilling process of whiskey, there is what's known as the angel share and the the demon's share or the devil's share. You know, the devil's share is actually the kind of the wee bits that are left at the bottom that you might never, ever be able to get out of the barrel. And the angel's share is what evaporates because when we open our casks, you know, we never quite know how much liquid gold is going to be in there. It's sort of a gamble and a risk that you take with the angels. And if they really like your whiskey, <laughs> if they really like your whiskey, they have probably tasted quite a lot of it. But I think that's a fair exchange. You know, to be somebody as a child that really, really recognised that wings were available to us. That there was this place of, you know, when we're told, oh gosh, she's so you know, one of the things I used to get told was she's too big for her boots. You know, stop trying to be a tall poppy. Oh my goodness. You know, stop trying to stand out. Stop trying to be the centre of attention. Stop, stop, stop. We just can't. We can't stop being who we are. And we can't stop our children from being who they are. And we certainly can't stop our inner children from being who they are. We have to let them thrive. You know, we're born to thrive. We're born with a, you know, um, a unique set of skills, as Liam Neeson says in that film, Taken. Other films are available. Don't watch it if you don't want an adrenaline, you know, rush that'll lead you to sitting at the edge of your seat for the whole time. But to be a fully expressed person is also about being in our laughter and our tears and our heartbreak and our heart healing and our joy. Another time when I was a kid, you know, my mum, she found me weeping devastated on the living room carpet again of my grandparents' house. I was so distressed. My heart was breaking. She scooped me up and brought me to her, you know, to her heart and was like, darling, you know, what is wrong? And all I could manage to get out was, it's the music. It's the music, mummy. And she was like, what is it? What is it? I was like, the music. I said, it's so sad. It's so beautiful. And at the time, what was playing was Debussy, Le Maire. Isn't that incredible? I could feel it. I could feel the call of the sea greatly even then. And then actually, wonderfully, years later, a good friend and I had the profound pleasure of staying in the Debussy suite, which is at, uh, it's at the Grand Hotel at the Grand Hotel in the south of England. And so I I slept where Debussy had slept. And that wee girl in me that had lain on the floor got to stand and look at the view out of the balcony of this extraordinary room and hotel where Debussy had, you know, created and composed one of the most, I think, extraordinary pieces of music. Debussy is also just such a wonderful expression of a fully expressed person. Somebody that actually, you know, that piece of music could have ended in so many different places. And I sometimes think that's how we think about our dreams. We sometimes end them and accept them as complete just a wee bit too soon. Whereas actually what I think of is that we can keep the strings playing. We can keep the flute playing. We can keep the lullaby in our heart expressing itself. And what might that be like, my sweet love? What might that be like to really be a fully expressed person, to know everything that you wanted to be as a child is innately who you are probably now. And if there's any of that that isn't expressing itself, maybe spend a wee bit of time with that. Maybe have a wee cup of tea 
stare out of a window, have a wee dram, see where it takes you. Go for a walk, take in the good things, go for a treasure hunt, as I call it, or a fractal hunt. Notice what you're noticing and see where the love of life may take you. You know, we are born through love always. We are innately lovable always, although it's very, very easy to forget. And it is possible to become a fully expressed version of ourself at any time, to widen the windows of our expression of life and the goodness and the joy and to take in the good and to take in the good again and to take in the good even more than that. So sweet love, thank you so much for listening again to just the second mini episode, which I'm so, so excited to be bringing to you this in the first week of Whiskey Made Woman podcast with me, Bunny Love Shock, coming to you live from the heart of Scotland. We're going to make sure that in all the show notes, you know, all the ways to stay in touch, but is ever a really, really great way to come and say hello is across Instagram, so at loveshock, shock is S-C-H-O-C-K. You'll be saying that with me in no time at all. Please leave a review if I don't ask, I can't receive. Yes, please and thank you. Please leave your positive reviews, your love letters and your messages. And also we'll put the links in so that you can get in touch about other things too, because you might want to join and come into my newsletter community. I send you a love letter every single week. You might want to come into my uh, my weekly membership as well. Abundant Heart, where basically that's a space. If you like and you love yourself and you like and you love your life and you want to like it and love it even more and do what you like and love whilst making money that you like and love, then get over here, basically. Get over here and come and play in Abundant Heart. We'll pop the link for that below as well. More episodes incoming again in a couple of days from now. Really, really looking forward to it. If you have any personal requests, then please know that we're also introducing a Dear Bunny segment. Yes, we are. We absolutely are, my friends. So if you want to send me a Dear Bunny email, if you want to send me a Dear Bunny message on Instagram with, hey, I would love this question answered. Oh my goodness, that would be my pleasure. Yes, please. And thank you. As it goes for today, I'm holding you in my heart. I'm sending you so, so much love. And if you wanted to listen to something beautiful that might remind you that you don't need anybody's approval, that you can approve of yourself, that it's absolutely wonderful for you to be a fully expressed person, that your wings are right at the back of your heart, then I would suggest finding Debussy's La Mer and having a wee listen to that lullaby and see where it takes you. I'll see you in the next episode of Whiskey Made Woman.